<laughs> Welcome to Game On. This is Robert Affolter, your host for the Game On, and we're in episode two of season two, and we're going to talk about how to delete negative programming from your computer. And remember last time we talked about your brain is really like a biocomputer. And I said, your phone is really just a biocomputer if you got a, a smartphone. So I'm going to put my smartphone down here and we're going to talk about apps and your brain and how all this is an analogy. So if your brain is analogous to the computer right here, the computer, then if you just have a, a computer or a brain or a cell phone and you just turn it on, all you do is turn it on. You don't set it up. You don't do anything else. What can you do with it? <clears throat> there's not a lot you, you know, maybe you can call somebody, but there's not a lot you can do with it. If you want to get a lot of function out of your, out of your cell phone, what you got to be able to do is load apps onto it. And if you've got a smartphone, I mean, that just makes sense. You load, you load more apps onto it. And then if you want to use the app, you just, you're right. You just click on the app and you can use the app and you get a, whatever function you've downloaded into your cell phone. Now, what if your brain is really something similar? What if in order to use your brain to have the kinds of experiences that you want to have, you've got to download certain apps or you've got to create the apps yourself, which is even more uh, appropriate way to look at it is I've got to create these apps myself. And I don't really know how to do the, the programming, but somehow if I just intend to do something and I work on it enough, the program begins to happen. Now, in some cases, you might actually take some education. That's a way of programming your brain. Or just life experiences can create programs in your brain. We're going to talk about all those later. What I'm going to talk about right now is what happens if you've got some negative stuff in there that's eating up <laughs> all your computer cycles and keeping you from do what, doing what you want to do. And let me explain this a little bit. So. Your computer, you may know it or you maybe don't know, but your computer can cycle through a certain number of instructions per second. And the higher the quality computer, the faster it can go, more things it can process in a second. And your brain's kind of like that too. There's only so much it can do, right? And and just like your, you may have found that your phone's got some stuff going on in background and it's slowing down your, your phone. And maybe you don't even realize it until you start looking or maybe somebody tells you, well, what do you got running in the background? They start looking at it and you, you've got all these applications opened up in your in the background of your phone. And it's slowing down the process because it's keeping track of all these other applications that are running. And it's actually running instructions for that. Similarly, some things can be going on in your mind and it's often even below the conscious level. But things. Things are happening. Things are, your brain's doing stuff. Things are happening. And it's eating away at your, your mental cycles. You can't, you can't process as much because you got all this stuff going on in the background. And sometimes that even comes to consciousness. And you get these negative thoughts and negative programming and it just kind of brings you down. And the next thing you don't want to do anything and you just want to go to bed and and maybe you don't feel good, and then you don't feel like doing anything. And it becomes this vicious cycle. I don't feel good. I don't feel like doing anything. And because I don't feel like doing anything, I don't do anything. And then because I don't do anything, I don't feel like doing anything. I mean, and it just becomes this loop that you can't get out of. 
And that's one of the one of the things I found so valuable as a chiropractor because I could I could fix some of this stuff because if you started to feel better, you'd start to do more. <laughs> and part of what I'd also do though is I'd, I'd encourage people. I'd give them a little hope, and then we'd give them maybe a little goal. So if they're having trouble physically with something, we'd say, "Well, let's set a little goal. Let's set a little target. Let's you know be active, do something." I was talking with a friend of mine. He's not quite as old as I am. We've been friends since college. And he's going through the uh, problem right now where he's kind of dizzy, so he doesn't feel like doing anything. And he's depressed. And he's got, of course, he's got reasons for being, I don't know why he's dizzy, but he's got reasons why he should be depressed. But because he's depressed, he doesn't want to get out of bed. And he doesn't want to get, and also because he's got this dizziness going on, he doesn't feel like doing anything. And I said, look, <laughs> try just doing something and see if you can get away with it. And I started to explain to him how the brain works. And I've done a lot of reading about this. And, and what I've learned, and whether it's true or not, remains to be seen. But, but what I'm learning from some of the scientific experiments that are going on is that your brain, our brains, adapt based on our intention and how we use them. So if you decide to play the piano, and you start working on really playing the piano, you start changing your brain so that you can play the piano. And your fingers start hooking up differently. And more, they, the researchers call it brain real estate because more of your brain starts getting hooked up to your fingers so that you can play the piano. And what happens is you've only got so much brain real estate. So if more of it's being used up to play the piano, less of it's being used for something else. So I was talking with somebody else about this today. And, and she says, well, I got all these this negative experiences from my childhood, blah, blah, blah. And she's been working on it and I'm having success with it. And she said, well, I wish I just didn't have to go through everything. I mean, some of it, some ways of doing it is to have the negative experience, then be grateful for the experience. And then that reduces the emotion on that experiences and it can kind of go away. The challenge with that is all those experiences have to come back forward. Wouldn't it be nice if we just didn't have to do it? And that's when I got this thought about the brain real estate. And I said, well, I don't know if it'll work this way for, for that kind of thing, but it might be that if all you do is when that thought comes up, you just switch to something positive and start doing something positive and thinking about something positive that you need to work on and actually work on it. And every time this other thought comes up, you switch over to the other thing. Maybe that'll just make it go away because you just quit use it, using it. Maybe you've heard the saying, use it or lose it. Well, it certainly works with the brain. If you stop doing something, it uses less and less of your brain real estate. And I gave an example of um, when I finished college, I went to visit a friend before we moved out to Washington State. And we went for a bicycle ride. And I hadn't ridden a bicycle in years. And I could do it, and I could do it better than I could when I first started learning to ride a bicycle. But I was pretty clumsy for a few blocks. And then as I started kind of getting into it again, it came back much more quickly. And it's really pretty interesting if you think about it, because as, a, as a, one of my teachers in, in chiropractic college said, if you think about the amazing thing about this, whether it's, it's learning to ride your bicycle or learning to ski or any of these things that are often kind of a challenge for us to get started, 
it was Dr. Grossick actually mentioned this, I think. And he said, you know, it's amazing because maybe you learned to ride a bicycle with, when you're a kid or, or ski when you're a kid. I learned how to ride a bicycle when I was a child. And he said, maybe it's been 20 years since you last rode a bicycle. And think of all the complications you had and how many times you fell and trying to get your balance and all that, learning how to ride a bicycle. And 20 years later, you can go out and pretty soon you're riding a bicycle. You don't have to start over from scratch learning to ride a bicycle. And yet, think how different your, your body is. I mean, when I started learning how to ride a bicycle, I probably weighed... 70 pounds, maybe. Now I'm 150 plus, not quite 160. And he said, so you, and you're taller, you're heavier, and you know, your balance has to be a little different. And yet your brain adapts to all that stuff. Isn't that pretty cool? So there's to some extent it's still there, but it's not as good as it was when I was using it all the time because I've used some of that brain real estate for other things that I'm using more and more. So the key is, if you want to get rid of some negative programming, <laughs> stop using it. Stop letting it come up. Do something different. So as soon as it comes up, don't dwell on, oh, how can I make that go away? You know, that just reinforces it. You're spending more time on it. Try just not to spend any time on it. I just don't want to think about that. Thank you very much. I'm moving on. What's my next thing? And that's, that's the way you go about it, I think. And I wonder how much that would help. I'm going to... Well, there we go. My phone shut down. I mean, I'm using the timer on it to kind of keep track how we're doing. So that's one way. So we said, well, we can be thankful for the thought and just let it go. And and it's still just moving on. So one thing is to be grateful for the thought and say, OK, I've had enough of this. I'm moving on. But the other thing is just to move on. You don't have to say anything. Say, I'm just moving on. Use it or lose it. I'm choosing to lose it. I'm going to move on. I'm not going to use it anymore. I'm not going to look at it. And I think that can be one of the problems with, with psychology if we believe that we have to get into something and really understand why we went through all this stuff. What, you know, what if we said, well, no, I just don't want to have to understand. I'm just going to get out of it, go do something else. We might find that would be much more beneficial. Now, what are other ways that we can look at negative programming? Besides just, besides just stopping it. And actually, I think that's the main one. I'm trying to think of something else to come to me right now, but just stopping it, I think, is, is really going to be the main thing. Just recognizing that you don't want to do it anymore. It reminds me, though, in the Mental Mastery course, I talk about the law of appreciation. And what I'm talking about there is you get more of what you appreciate. <laughs> we often think of appreciation as being something like we say, thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I say, thank you. I had somebody else that asked in a Facebook group, what do you do to show somebody that you appreciate them? I said, well, I pay them. <laughs> if, it's, if it's a business situation, I pay them. If you're refusing to pay somebody or you're taking stuff for free or, you know, whatever, you're not acknowledging them that you really appreciate what they're doing for you. And really think of it in a business situation. If you don't appreciate somebody with money, pretty soon they go out of business and you don't get it anymore. If you appreciate somebody with a lot of money, they can grow and expand and give you more and more services because they can afford to do it. 
and they'll feel more like doing it for you because you're paying them. So again, it's the use it or lose it, but it's, it's a little bit different in that it's that appreciation cycle now. Appreciation is just not about giving somebody money, but it really gets back to what you focus your attention on and use. So let me give you an example. If you really appreciate your muscles, you're going to work out and you look at yourself. I, I've got a friend, two friends right now on Facebook, younger guys, and they're bodybuilders. And they're always so, showing pictures of themselves, flexing and doing their workouts. I mean, they, they look great but they really appreciate their bodies. They appreciate what they're doing. And their bodies are getting bigger and they're getting the, the bodies they want. But it, it's appreciation cycle. You get more of what you appreciate. Now, what about money? I've got a friend that, you know, his main thing is making money. And because he's focused on money, he's getting more and more money, but his relationship with his wife is falling apart. Doesn't have a very good relationship with his kids or grandkids. He doesn't have any hobbies. He doesn't do anything else. He's just working to make money. Well, if that's what you want, just be aware that you're making a you're making a decision. And is that what you wanted to happen? I mean, check my time here. Yeah. Then we're doing good. So think about the appreciation cycle. What do you want to spend your time on? What do you want to get in return? And think of that as it also gets down to fair exchange. Fair exchange and appreciation in my mental mastery course go hand in hand. Because fair exchange change says this for that. I'll give you this if you'll give me that. You know, and it's got to be kind of equal. And I, I know I, when I talk about this in the class, I like to say, look, it goes all the way down to the atomic level. When they taught me and when I took chemistry, they said, look, this atom needs an electron and this atom has too many electrons, but if they both come together and share that electron, they both feel better and they become a molecule. Now, of course, my chemistry teacher didn't say they both feel better, but, but they're both sharing that and it's a fair exchange. One's got a little bit too much negative and one's got a little bit too much positive and they come together and, and it forms a balance. And it's similar in our in our relationships. If we have an appreciation for each other, we'll have a more solid relationship. And if you appreciate somebody even more, they'll tend to do more with you and for you to get even more appreciation back from you. And it just becomes a cycle where you just enjoy each other's presence more and more. So again, it gets back to, okay, if you want to have a positive experience with your spouse, your significant other, whoever that is. You want to have a positive experience. Don't dwell on all the negative stuff. <laughs> Figure out what it is that you appreciate and dwell on that. And try to get rid of all this, all the negativity, all the things that you don't want to happen, have happen. Try not to think about that. Think about what you do want to have happen. And if there's some kind of negative thing that you need to 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 trade off, have a have a discussion about it. Okay, how can we get rid of that? And maybe there's something over here. My wife wasn't feeling appreciated for a while. And one of the things she wanted me to do is do the dishes. And to me, it wasn't a big deal. It takes five minutes to do, put the dishes in the dishwasher. And then it hit me. If it only takes five minutes, why don't I just do it? If it make her feel better, 
why don't I just do it? So I started doing the dishes. And now every night I, I scrape off the dishes and put the dishes over. And oftentimes she puts actually puts them in the dishwasher. She's better at that than I am. But I'm always rinsing them off. So that almost every night now I'm the one doing the dishes. And it makes her feel better. It makes her feel appreciated. But and and I was going to say it also helps get rid of that negative program. She doesn't feel as negative because she feels appreciated. So today's all been about getting rid of negative programming. First thing is to recognize it. The next thing is to decide you don't want it. I want to think about something else. And the third is don't dwell on it. And, you know, because that's giving it your attention and appreciation. Get away from it. Force yourself somehow to get away from it. And this is where practicing mind control really helps. Because that's when you can see that your mind's over here and you go, oh, okay, well, I want to change. I don't want to have that thought. I want to have this thought and just change your thinking. All right. I hope that helps. If you're having some difficulty with mental mastery, with, with negative thinking, um, take the mental mastery course at affalteracademy.com. And if you want a little extra help, you'll get an email with my calendar in it. Just go to the calendar and sign up and we'll talk for a few minutes and, and see if I can help you out. All right, Robert Affalter, signing off, hoping you're having a wonderful life and helping you play the game of life. Get out there and go game on. Thanks for watching.